Pilate brought Jesus outside and sat on the judge's bench. He said to the Jews, Behold your king. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You may be seated. Good evening on this Good Friday. If you haven't been to a Good Friday service, you'll notice that things are a little bit different. A bit darker. A bit more empty. The altar has been stripped and laid bare. And on this Good Friday, we sit with this stark reality. This stark reality that we say every week whenever we say the creed. For our sake, Jesus was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. For just a little while, we stay here with our crucified Lord before we move on to the next line of the creed. Jesus was crucified and suffered death. On Good Friday, we let this story of the crucified Jesus have our full attention. But it's not easy, right? If you're like me, parts of you might want to turn away from Good Friday. Let's just move on to Easter, the good stuff. I've heard pastors in other churches talk about how they have parishioners who reject, will not come to Good Friday services. Because they don't like all the darkness and the sadness and the gruesomeness of the story. And part of me gets this desire to stay away, right? There's a part of Good Friday that's uncomfortable. And if it's not uncomfortable yet for you, just wait until we get to the reproaches later in the service. We've built our lives around being comfortable. And so Good Friday comes as a shock to our system, I think. All of this silence an emptiness, laying with our faces on the ground and kneeling before the cross of Jesus, Good Friday can be uncomfortable, and that's okay. But more than that, I think Good Friday is an invitation in the words of Pilate to behold your king. Behold your king. And very simply, this is what I want us to do tonight. In the discomfort In the darkness of Good Friday, let us behold Jesus the King and see just what kind of King this is. If you remember from Palm Sunday this last weekend, Father Sean asked the question, who is this King who comes into Jerusalem? Who is this Jesus? And in our Passion reading today, we see this King Jesus on full display Everything about this account from the Gospels that we just read is alluding to Jesus' kingship. I don't know if you heard it or not. The purple robe, the crown of thorns, the declaration from Pilate, the guards mocking Jesus, and the sign above the cross where he was nailed, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Of course, all of this is ironic, right? It's it's all meant to mock Jesus, to make him look like a fool. But as we know, God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise, as Paul says. The message of the cross is foolishness, is it not, to those who are perishing. But for those who know, for those who know, it is the very power of God on display. Behold your king. Here on Good Friday, Jesus' throne is the cross, and his reign and rule is fully realized in the form of a lamb given over to death for the sake of the world. 
The kingdom of God is embodied in our passion reading, and it reveals to us that the way of Jesus, his reign, his reign and rule, everything about him being king, it's a canonic kind of reign. It's a canonic kind of rule. It's self-emptying. As we read on Palm Sunday from Philippians, Jesus emptied himself, taking the form of a ser- servant. Father Sean reminded us of this as he preached on Sunday. He says that Jesus comes not with tanks, not in fine clothes, not with insults or coercion, but with self-offering and suffering love. We saw this last night on display in Monday Thursday when Jesus washed the disciples' feet. Angela reminded us that this is, this is the kind of king that was on display this whole Holy Week on Palm Sunday, on Monday, Thursday, and here on Good Friday. A king who rides in on a donkey, washes feet, lays down the sword, and wears a crown of thorns. In this canonic self-emptying love of Jesus led him all the way to the cross. Philippians says he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Theologian Hans Urs von Balthasar once wrote, and you've probably heard me say this before, uh, it's one of my favorite quotes. He said that in the crucifixion and death of Jesus, he wanted to sink so low that all future falling would be a falling into him. Think about that for a second. Jesus, in his crucifixion and death, wanted to sink so low that all future falling, so that means all of the ways in which we might fall in our own lives, all of the ways in which we might fail in our own lives, all of the ways in which we we might sin, all of that can be taken up and and it's a falling into Jesus. That's that's the nature of the cross, of this kenotic, self-emptying love of Jesus is that he sinks down so low that any future falling that might be undertaken is a falling into him. If you want to know what grace is, that's it. We have nothing to fear, not even death now. Nothing can separate us from the love of God because Jesus went to the depths for us. Behold your king. Our Hebrews reading this evening tells us that on this Good Friday in Jerusalem, Jesus offered up a body, His body, so that we could be sanctified. Eugene Peterson says it this way. He says, it was a perfect sacrifice by a perfect person to perfect some very imperfect people. This is the good news of Good Friday. In our imperfection, in our sin, in our waywardness as a people, the God of the universe entered into it all took on human flesh, even to the point of death. He assumed the fullness of our humanity and offered up his body unto death. And in our imperfection, Christ's perfect body that was offered up, it was offered up for our sake and for the sake of the world's. St. Gregory famously reminds us, you've probably heard this quote before, what is not assumed is not healed. The reality of the crucifixion of King Jesus is that he had to assume a human body in order to heal our bodies. By his wounds, we are healed. 
There's a mystery to all of this, right? There's a mystery to this reality of the crucifixion. You're not going to find a scientific formula that explains all of this away. But that doesn't make it any less real. On the cross, Jesus undoes all of the sin and death and imperfection that came into the world with Adam and the rest of the human race. Our reading from Hebrews says that by the blood of Jesus, He has opened up a new and living way. By His very body, He has opened up for us a way so that we can visit and come near to Him. Let us draw near, Hebrews tells us. With bodies washed in a conscious cleanse, it is like the parable of the prodigal son. We can draw near to the Father now. We have access to the Father who runs out to meet us. Everything that He has is ours now. And we are always safe in His kingdom because Jesus in His body made a way for us. Behold your King. In a little while, we will be undertaking an ancient practice called the veneration of the cross or some call it the devotion before the cross of Jesus. It's a liturgical practice Uh, that's been happening since all the way back in the 4th century. So Christians over the centuries and all around the world have taken time each Good Friday to practice this. And so we're going to do it along with them. It's this chance for us to behold our King who went to the cross. So in just a little while, we'll invite you into this ancient practice with us in the spirit of the passage from Hebrews, which says, let us draw near. So we're going to draw near to the cross of Jesus tonight and be reminded that our King Jesus went to the depths for us. We're going to draw near to the cross of Jesus and be reminded that by His body, He has undone death and sin and made a way for us to life. We're going to draw near to the cross of Jesus And be reminded that all future falling is a falling into Him, into Jesus, the King. There's no place where Jesus has not gone, even death. There's no place where God is not present and at work in your life and mine. And so, as we practice the devotion before the cross, this veneration before the cross, and as you move forward and as you come to the cross and kneel down, Or even if you just decide to stay in your seats during that time, I just want you to think about two things. First, let this time before the cross be a time to let Jesus into the mess of your soul. We are all imperfect. Lord knows that I'm a mess. We are all broken and we carry sin in our bodies. And so as you come to the cross tonight, Let Jesus into the dark places to shine His light. Let Jesus, by His broken body, heal your body. Invite Him into your brokenness with humility and ask for healing, for forgiveness, and restoration. And second, as we come to the cross tonight and behold our King who went to the depths for us and emptied Himself for our sake and for the sake of the world, I want you to spend some time considering does your life reflect Jesus' life in this way? Is your life marked by His self-giving love? How are we as the church doing in this? Going to the depths for the sake of the world. 
for the sake of our neighbors, for our families, for our coworkers, for those we encounter on the street. How are we doing? How might our time before the cross tonight move us into action to do the work that God has given us to do, to love and serve the way that Jesus the King loved and served? Behold your King. Let us pray. See from his head, his hands, his feet, sorrow and love flowed ming- flow mingled down. Did e'er such love and sorrow meet, or thorns c- compose so rich a crown? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. You're listening to Resurrection South Austin, a community of faith, learning to do life together in the goodness of God. For more information, you can find us online at resaustin.com.